Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend Anna Chavruta, Yerdena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Bavakama, daf nun hey, page 55. Um, in the middle of this daf, we're going to switch to our new parak, the sixth parak. Um, but first, we're going to close up the fifth. I have a tiny bit to read on the previous daf. Here we go. At the very bottom of that daf, Sha'al Rabbi Hanina ben Agil at Rabbi Chia bar Abba. So Rabbi Hanina ben Agil asked Rabbi Chia bar Abba, and what they're talking about here is different versions of the in the text of the writing of the Aseret Zibrot of the Ten Commandments, as they are colloquially known. Why does the word good appear? In the second version of the Ten Commandments in the Torah, meaning in Sefer Devarim, Deuteronomy, and not in the first version in the Book of Exodus, Shemot. Amar lo, so he answers him, So he says, Rebbe says to Rav Hanina ben Agil, before you ask me why the word good is said, ask me if the word good is actually said, instead of saying, you know, why is it? Because I'm not so sure that, in fact, the word good is there, which is fascinating because it makes it sound like, I think this is the meaning, right, that he's just not confident in the actual text of the, of the Dibrit, of the biblical verse, to have that precision in the wording. Uh, I'm sorry. So what happens? They, he says, go to, you should go to Rabbi Tantum Barchanilai. Why? Because he was always at the yeshiva or whatever, the school of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. And he was an expert in Agada, meaning as opposed to Alecha, these like non halach portions of the of the Torah, of the Talmud, right, that he's going to be able to, maybe, be able to answer this this question. So Rabbi Hanina ben Agil does exactly this, and he goes and he says to him, Rabbi Tanchum says back, meaning he provides a question to Rabbi Tanchum, who says, He says, I didn't hear about anything about this from Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi himself, but I heard that Shmuel bar Nachum, who is the brother of the mother of Rav Acha bar Rabbi Chanina, this is a very long genealogy here, he said to me, um, let's find it, I'm sorry, that's still the that's still the lineage, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, genealogy what happens is that they're not exactly sure what the what the relationship is right is it that he's the brother of the mother of Ravachab Rebbe Hanina or is he the father of the mother of Ravachab Rebbe Hanina but okay regardless meaning this is a an Ika de Amri this is a, a different variant of the text that's included in the text but the real crux of the matter is so the reason is the reason good does not appear in the first set of Debrut is because they were destined, as it were, to be destroyed. They're going to be broken, right? They're broken. Moses, in his anger, smashes them in the wake of the the creation of the golden calf. And because they were going to be broken, so therefore the word good does not apply. So the Gemara says, and if they, and so, like, so what if it would have said good, and then they, in the end, broke anyway, right? Why is that a problem? I'm a Rav Asi, 
No, Rav Ashi, Chas v'shalom, Pascha Tova Mi'Yisrael. Rav Ashi says that the idea is that if the tablets, the first tablets had been broken with the word good in them, then all the good in, in the world forever would have ceased from Israel, from B'nai Israel, from the children of Israel once they were broken. And therefore, they only are put on the second version, which were written later, which were written with compassion. They were written with good. And then the implication is good will be everlasting for the Jewish people. And this is an idea that I think is both beautiful and perhaps Welcome to our ears at this time. Now Rabbi Yeshua says, and it's again, it's like not the same conversation, but it feels like it's presenting on top of the same conversation. Rabbi Yeshua says, sees the letter Tet in his dream. And I feel here, Dana, like we're back in the ninth chapter of Brachot, right? Where there's all this, like if you see this in your dream, if you see that in your dream. So here, if you see the letter Tet in your dream, um, it says, Siman Yafelo, it's a, a good sign for the person who dreams this. Why? My Tama. If you want to say because the word the word tov begins with the letter tet, then we actually could give you a whole verse from the book of Isaiah with a lot of tets in it that says, I will sweep it with a broom, meaning it's a it's a word of destruction, right? In that in that verse, so so don't tell me that the letter tet can only possibly mean good. Um, so the answer is no. You only saw one tet in your link it up with that verse in Isaiah that has so many tets and is talking about destruction. When you see only just the one tet, you're talking about tov, and that's good. Um, and then the Gemara says, Ema Maybe we're talking about the impurity from the word tumah, right? The word of impurity. Um, so no, no, we're talking about somebody who in the dream sees tet that's going to be together with the letter bet. And that would be like, again, tet and bet. If you put them together with a vav, you get tov, right? Ema tavob arts sharea. And the the, the Gemara says, well, one second, you could have a tet and a bet in the word that means to to drown, right? That the gates are sunk into the ground, which is a verse from Echa from Lamentations, and again, not a very cheery kind of usage of these two letters in one word. So then understand that it's not just because it's the first letter of the word good that it means good. It's because when the Torah first uses the word tet, it's in the context of something that is good. Namely, There's no tet in those first few out of verse verses and then the words there in the from the very beginning of the Torah. You only get the word tet in the word tov at the beginning of the Torah. And then this is cited in the name of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, who you'll recall is this big expert in Agarata, in these like um, more exegetical kinds of interpretations. So, so like, meaning we have all, sorry for the confusion here, we have all this discussion of the word the letter tet in the dream. It comes back to the word tov at the very book, beginning of the Torah. And then we then the Gemara brings up Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, um, kind of, you know, as if he were there. The Gemara is putting him in the conversation again, even though it really, he couldn't have been. I don't think he could have been. 
What happens if you see a eulogy in your dream? That's a difficult thing to see, right? Chasu alav min ufda'uhu. So what that means then is that the, the heavens had pity on the person and redeemed him or saved him from actually having a hespade. Meaning, if you see a hespade, it means that the heavens will make sure that you won't be in need of a hespade anytime soon. Hani And then he says that is really about if what happens is not not that there was an experience of a hespade, but you saw the word hey son of paydal, you saw the word hespade in writing, you should just know that that's not enough to be it's not like a bad omen. It's a it's an omen that you're going to be saved because Shemaim is going to have um, mercy on you. Uh, you know, look, I'm always uh, intrigued by how seriously the Gemara always takes dreams. And like you said, that's something that we've seen in Brachot before. Um, okay, we're going to actually start a new parak today. So uh, we can say, Hadron Shor Atapara. And we've now completed the fifth parak of Bavakama. We're going to start the sixth parak. One of the things that we've talked about before is the idea of having to sort of watch our animals. And so this Mishnah, is going to speak specifically about sheep um, and what ways do we have to watch sheep to make sure they don't damage other people's properties. So somebody has brought his sheep into the fold. A deer is like that enclosure, right, where farmers would leave their sheep. Um, and, uh, you know, the, that's, you know, so that's what we say when you say you bring it into the fold. The And he locked the gate the way that you're supposed to. But the sheep escaped and damaged somebody else's property. Pator, he is pator. He's not liable for that damage. But if he did not lock the gate properly, and it escaped and damaged, then he does have to pay. Um, and so the idea here is, is that if he did what needed to be done in order to say that it was guarded or locked or couldn't get out, he wouldn't have to pay. But if he didn't, then the owner does have to pay. Let's say the fold was breached at night. Or robbers breached it. The sheep escaped and damaged Pator. Again, these are circumstances where he is uh, Pator. Now, what this would mean is, is that if it was the fold was breached during the day or robbers broke, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, something like if it was done during the day, uh, the idea would be that he should have noticed it and, you know, should have fixed it. Um, let's say he left the sheep in the sun, okay? Um, and, uh, you know, the issue with that is, is that they're not comfortable in the sun. Or he gave uh, the, you know, the watching of the sheep over to a, uh, to a deaf mute or a shota or a minor. And it escaped and damaged Chayab. The owner is liable. Now, the case of the heat of the sun, the Gemara is going to explain later on. Um, but mm -hmm. the idea is, is that, you know, it was locked in a way that if an animal is desperate to get out of the sun's heat, this animal would figure out a way to sort of break down the fold or to breach the fold. Um, and so that's that's why he still would be higher for it. Miss Aralu or Ab, but if he gave it over to a shepherd, right? He told a shepherd to watch a sheep. The shepherd assumes responsibility, right? Because the idea is, is that this is somebody um, who we assume knows how to watch sheep properly. Now, if it falls into a garden and it benefited from the produce there, right? 
So it falls into the garden. Um, and let's say, you know, the, the produce sort of uh, takes the impact of its fall. Um, so, you know, that's how it would have uh, benefited. The owner pays for what was benefited. Um, but if it went down into the garden the way that it normally doesn't damage it, so then the owner has to pay for what was damaged. And then the mission wants to figure out and shows a machlokas over how damages are assessed. How does the owner pay for what's damaged? We appraise how much a, a bait seah in the field was worth before it was damaged. Um, and so this is a land measure. The kama hiyafa, right, and how much it's worth now. So in other words, we, we do the, the, the amount that that field was worth before it got damaged, the amount it was after it got damaged, and that difference is what the damages are. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, if it ate ripe full produce, he pays the value of the ripe produce, the owner of the sheep. If the volume is a seah, he pays for a seah. And if he pays for two, if he ate two seahs, then he will pay for two sellers. Um, So um, uh, what Ravi Shimon is basically saying is, is that if the produce was sort of ripe, full, ready to pick produce, then the damager has to pay its complete value. Um, and so this is essentially what this Mishnah comes to teach us. The Gemara is going to start with, right, Tana Rabbanan Ezekara'ui, right? What does it mean when the Mishnah says, right, that, you know, uh, he locked the gate properly. What does that mean? So it's a gate that can stand in normal wind. That is guarded properly. But if it can't stand in regular wind, right, then that is not ra'ui. Um, and then what we come to from here is a discussion over who is the Tana of this actual uh, Mishnah, uh, right? I'm a Ravimani Ravimani Bar Patish, right? So, uh, so uh, he says, Mantana Mua Desagile Bishmirap to Pihuta. Which Tana maintains that a lesser guarding is okay for a muad? So this is very interesting because the Mishnah talks about sheep, right? It's talking about damage that's typically done by an animal. This would be shane, right? Which is, you know, eating or trampling, which is regel, but not going or other damage that's usually do- done uh, with an intent to be destructive, which is what Karen is. So when it comes to shane and regel damages, every animal is considered to be muad because these are regular ways that animals sort of behave in the world. So the idea here is that since you only have to use the lesser guarding, and we had talked about that before, remember there was that Mishnah before um, on, on 45 uh, that talked about if it was muad or tam and what type of watching you needed to have. Uh, so that's what they get to. And then from here, the Gemara is going to get into a discussion of exactly Whose opinion is this Mishnah, and how do they learn those halachot based on um, based on reading of Sukim itself? But I think we see it's interesting to move right. I think that's the first thing that we should notice is we're talking about a different animal here, specifically an animal that doesn't gore, but it's an animal, as we said, that was through Shane and Regel can very typically do damages, and therefore is considered muad for those types of damages. 
I think also do like do people think of sheep as destructive in the way that we think of an ox as destructive, or are we conditioned to think of an ox as more destructive because of Bavakama? Like I don't have a clear answer here, but I feel like I think I of sheep know, as kind of stubborn. Like I'd love to hear with somebody with farmers. Like maybe somebody would tell you sheep are the worst animals to have on your property. I just don't know the answer to that. I, I know that sheep can be very stubborn. That one time I'll tell you the story about that, but is still different and goats we know eat everything right but that's different than like being so heavy that walking along the road is going to make dents in it you know it's a different kind of damage i feel from the sheep though you're right i don't really know well that's our dap discussion for the day rank us review us on all major podcasts thank you to Rebecca and michelle farber for hosting us on the hydra website let us know what you thought about this dap on our talking time on facebook page and until tomorrow go and learn mm-hmm.